Good afternoon, everybody. This is Word of a Rebel, and today I want to give a discussion about political parties. And so I'm going to start and kick it off with the Republican Party because I got some questions, and I'm pretty sure y'all do too, because I'm wondering what the hell happened to the Republican Party. So let's talk about it. I've been a Democrat my entire life. I don't remember a time when I didn't believe in the policies of the Democratic Party. I've also been aligned with the Independent Party pretty much my entire life, Green Party. You know, I look at these parties that are more like progressive in nature and I say, yeah, I can align with that because these are the parties that are talking about the platform of what do we want to do? What do we want to provide to our nation? And we actually have something that we're trying to build. That's why I like the term progressive because Independent, Democrat, and the Green Party are all progressive-minded um, bodies of political uh, thought. But the Republican Party, they confuse me because I have no idea what they're trying to build. Because here's my thing. like I'm the type of person who wouldn't vote for someone if they didn't claim the same party as me. You know, I'm not one of those politically gang-minded individuals. But the, the Republican Party... You know, I don't care what candidate they put forward. I can't vote for them because they all following that same backwards, like no plan really process for the future. So let's talk about them. When we look at Republican policies, like we always see some of the same core things that they keep on regurgitating. Basically, we know for a fact that they are anti-Islam. Let's just be honest. I'm not saying everybody that goes along the lines of being a Republican is, is Islamophobic. But they're definitely anti-Muslim immigrants. They're definitely anti-immigration as a whole. They're just against immigration. They don't really know why entirely, except, you know, they're being told that they're losing jobs and they're being told that immigrants are coming here and like they're a burden on the on the on the nation's budget and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just looking at the situation like if you all actually research it and get to the bottom of the economics, you realize that that's not the case. But hey, whatever. So they're against that. They're against immigration. Um, and they're against, uh, oh, they're against food stamps. They're against any type of public service, um, offering or whatever. Um, uh, most of them do support social security and Medicare, but they don't support Medicaid and they definitely don't support having Medicare for all. Um, so we know what they're against, but my question for the Republican party is what are you for? Like, what do you support? What do you want to see built? Like, I don't understand. Like y'all, we, we know what y'all don't like. But what do you want? At the end of the day, it's starting to look like all they really want is a nation of white people doing whatever the hell they want to do, running around with guns, drinking alcohol, doing drugs, praying in church. Um, but that's it. Like, go to church, swing your gun around, drink some alcohol, and that's the end. Of, like, what else do y'all want, really? I, I, I just got a question because I never hear a Republican talking about what they think the government should provide for this nation. So since a lot of people who are aligned with the Republican Party don't seem to have a concept of this, I, I, I just got to ask y'all, like, what do y'all think the purpose of government is? Like, what is the purpose of a government? Do you want a government? Do you not want a government? Like, what, what is the situation? Because they always talking about they want to, you know, cut tax dollars, cut programs. You know, y'all don't want to provide anything for the country. Well, like, what do you think that looks like? I, I'm starting to guess that maybe some of the Republicans want things to go back to how they were like in the 1850s. Let's be real. I'm starting to get that picture. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Like, I'm still waiting for a Republican to come at me and be like, yo, this is what we think the government should provide. I've still never seen one of y'all come up with that. Like the majority of the time, like as somebody who's an independent, 
who's technically what I thought a Republican used to be, which was they, they kind of have like conservative ideas about how um, how broad the government should be. They like to have small government, but they but an independent typically believes that um, you need to provide services because I'm not understanding because if we don't have a government, then you don't have no roadways. You don't have no police force. You don't have ambulances. You don't have public hospitals. You don't have publicly maintained plumbing systems and utility systems. You don't have none of that. You have no schools, nothing. You have no society. Now, if that's what y'all want, they got plenty of places in this world where you can go move to and live free ball if you want to. Let let let, let everything just swing and hang out. If that's what y'all really want, because that's the way y'all be acting. I want to hear from a Republican. Like, what do you want to provide? So I'm going to tell you today what I personally feel a government is supposed to, to provide for its people. So what should a government provide? Um, if, if we think about it in terms of like, what what is a government? A government is an agreement among a group of people to live in some form of cooperation. And each group of people, each nation, has to make decisions on what that cooperation is actually going to look like. And that is a beautiful thing. And this is the reason why I say I don't like us intervening in other countries' matters because I don't want them intervening in our matters either. Uh, we have to really, really draw the line there because every nation has agreed to a certain set of laws and standards. And as long as the people living within those borders are being treated along the fair lines of human rights um, being you know, attended to, then no one should be able to come in and make a change um, in what's happening in those countries. Now, I'm saying that because that's just my policy. Now, what in the United States, what do we feel the government should and should not provide? So I think that, you know, the majority of Americans would agree that the government should, should provide access to equality education uh, in a public format, a publicly owned and controlled um, education system that provides equal access to quality education um, for every every person who is within the borders of this nation, right? Um, certainly the citizens, definitely the citizens. Uh, you know, we can address the, the immigrant concern and discussion later, but definitely the citizens should at least get a quality um, education. Uh, we also, I think most people would agree that the government should be providing quality health care or that it should at the least be regulating the cost of that health care so that everybody can can live, can survive. I mean, think about the most basic fundamental things. You need to have your health. Your health needs to be secure and provided for. Your education needs to be secured and provided for. Um, speaking of security, <coughs> the nation also has a responsibility to provide security, which means everybody. And that's, I think that's one of the issues in this country is that, let's be honest, if you're a white male or white female, your security is going to be attended to a lot better than someone who's black or brown. Definitely, if you're affluent, you're gonna your your security is attended to better than someone of a lower income. Just go around and listen to some of the conversations that we hear. If we're really honest, and some people listening to this will have to be honest that they've participated in a conversation where they made an assumption about a person based on the way that they looked, based on the way that they dressed, based on the way that they spoke about who they are and, and what they deserve and don't deserve. I mean, I've heard so many conversations uh, where I was insulted and had to interject and say, you got to stop uh, bad-mouthing people because of economics or because of skin color or because of nationality. 
Uh, because at the end of the day, it's a human. That is a human. That is a person. And regardless of how you feel about the way they look, about the religion they may have, uh, regardless of how you feel about their economic situation, that doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they're still a human. And by virtue of being human, they are endowed with certain human rights. So when it comes to like the United States government, you know, um, I think that the majority of people would agree that the government should protect human rights, provide security um, that allows for everyone to enjoy the basic human rights. So what does that security look like? Well, we have police forces, but the police forces are low-key militarized. And uh, also, because of the privatized prison systems, our security, for, our security in, in, as far as it pertains to police, uh, they're not focused on keeping people safe. They're focused on keeping these jails and these prisons uh, full. And let's think about it. The reason why is because if if their jails and prisons aren't at a certain capacity, some of them may lose their jobs. So you're tying a person's livelihood, their income, their ability to provide for their family with having to catch people and put people behind bars. The, the, the goal within that, the, the, the incentive in that is not let's provide security. The incentive in that isn't let's uh let's be fair and just and equitable in all of this the incentive is just to find somebody to find a body to put in a cell so that way your job can be justified you know uh this is this is something that happens in 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 all private businesses you have to bring in revenue you have to meet those sales quotas you have to meet these you know particular um, you know, levels of, of, of attainment that your supervisor sets for you. And this is one of the reasons why our security system should not be privatized. This is the reason why public education should not be privatized. The reason why healthcare should not be privatized. And I think if we look at it in terms of like, what does and does not make sense, there are certain things that business should not be a part of like our nation started out with this this idea that we should have the separation of church and state because obviously prior to um the formation of some of the more modern nations um certainly the catholic church and protestant churches it was a big issue of uh disruption based around religious ideology and so the the people that were writing up the constitution decided well to prevent you know those types of disputes and those types of conflicts from happening and destabilizing, you know, the United States, they decided to say separation of church and state. Um, I don't think it should have been necessarily separation of church and state. Uh, it needed to be separation of business and state, because if we look at it today, you know, um, the, the people who are talking about privatization, they're selling it as though it's saving money for the, the basic things that a government is expected to provide. And so this brings me back to the Republican and Democratic, you know, conversation about uh, deciding on, you know, trying to be fiscally responsible and trying to, um, you know, save money and cut corners, but not really talking about what the government should be providing. So at the end of the day, if we all agree that we need security provided equitably, um, for all citizens of the United States, and we believe that people should have an equal opportunity for education and quality health care, 
these are some very basic things. This is not going above and beyond. This is just foundational. No nation can really succeed if it doesn't provide education that allows for a, a skilled workforce to be available for that nation to continue to prosper. We know that if the healthcare is not provided sustainably, that you can't possibly function whenever people are constantly stressed out and worried about themselves and their loved ones' well-being. Um, and you also need to have a proper security force, one that is equal, that is not causing disruption. So right now, people are so up in arms about, you know, like, because Black Lives Matter came out and Republicans are, like, all upset because they feel like the focus is only on black and brown bodies. But the reality is that that, that is an issue because the privatized prisons, that privatization is what's causing the issue. Uh, on top of the fact that we know that we have a racist system. This has been a very racialized country. The systems have been very racist for a long, long time. We can't, you can't act like it just goes away because now we have no more slavery, so say, um, and we have the Civil Rights Act. That doesn't mean that racism went away and that those, those biases based on skin color still exist. The reality is that people who are black and brown are more likely to be impoverished and not have access to um, a, a, the, enough funds to pay for an attorney. And so when you have these privatized prisons that incentivize just grabbing anybody and putting that body in prison in order to maintain a quota, um, that's where privatization causes corruption. That's where corruption comes from. So... I agree that I don't want a big government. So when I'm speaking to like Republicans as well as to Democrats, I think that we all agree we don't really want a big government because we don't want government involved in certain matters. We want the government to only provide for the basic necessities, keep things equitable. Um, but that's not being done when we have privatization, which is why we need a separation of business and state. You know, having the, the, the moral codes that we find in most religions, as far as like, well, it doesn't matter if it's Christian or Islam or Judaism or Hinduism or Buddhism, inside of all of these faiths, there are the same moral and ethical codes. So while I don't want, we need to make sure we have religious freedom, I don't think that having a 100% separation of religion and state makes sense because, to be honest, most of our laws kind of follow these religious codes anyway right? Don't steal. Don't kill anyone. Um, you know, be peaceful with your neighbor, work in cooperation. Like a lot of our laws are already based on what all of the religions agree with anyway. The issue is business involvement in public, in public policy. It's not just the lobbyists. The lobbyists are a factor because they push for privatization. But look at what we've seen with the privatized prisons. When privatized prisons became a thing, you know, it was sold as though it was going to save money. I don't think y'all understand. Like, it doesn't save money. It's still going to cost the exact same amount of amount of money to imprison a person, whether it is a private corporation managing it or a public entity managing it. The only difference is that these private corporations are incentivized for profit. Their CEO wants more money. That's all that those private corporations want. And that's by virtue of them being a corporation. That's what they're for. This is why we should not have privatization of our public systems. And when that happened, these private entities started putting pressure on local and state governments to imprison and basically enslave 
a large percentage of the population. This is a real issue. Look at the numbers. Look at how many people are currently in prison. And this causes a greater issue, a social issue, because now you have these men and women taken from their families. So they have kids that are now being raised in broken homes. So what happens there? Well, then you have an increased opportunity for mental health issues, which means we have to pay for those services. You have an increased risk for violence in the community because we don't have um, some of the parents are not in the home anymore. You've got um, more in, in, more people in poverty because one or both of their caregivers who could be working and paying for their lifestyle and taking care of them are gone. Whenever that person does come out of jail, let's imagine that we have a situation where someone only was in jail three, or, three to five years, right? They come back out of prison and they can't even get a job. Now, I hear some Republicans right now are going to say, well, yeah, but if they committed a crime, you know, it's whatever. They got to go to jail. Well, here's the thing. It has been proven. You can look it up. That there are a lot of people who are in prison who did not commit the crime. This includes a situation where we had a so-called eyewitness. You can look up the research on that. Um, people were starting to do, in criminal justice reform and whatnot, were starting to do research into it. Come to find out, as much as 75% of cases where there was an eyewitness and also DNA evidence, what ended up happening is the eyewitness was wrong. 75% of these cases, and in, in these cases, these were the lucky individuals because there was also DNA evidence, and so they were able to be freed, but they had been accused by a so-called eyewitness. Now, let's go outside of that. When we look at a, a, lot, of, a lot of people, especially in, in rural white America, don't know that this is a reality, and as soon as you hear a complaint from somebody who doesn't look like you, you're assuming they're lying, but this is not a lie. This has also been proven. So if you really want to save money from your tax dollars, you should not want to pay for the imprisonment of an innocent person. There are a lot of people right now in jail who did not commit their crimes. And this all goes back to privatization of prisons. And I, I'm not going to have time for this pod, in this podcast to really talk about all the details, but you can do the research. You can look it up. How many people are likely in prison wrongfully wrongful incarceration is an epidemic and it is costing it's costing all of us money it's costing families and the individuals who are directly affected irreparable harm psychologically and economically these are people who are likely to never within this generation be able to bounce back because of wrongful incarceration so what is the solution there well we have to get companies and corporations out of the business of imprisonment that is no different from enslavement. When you make money off of the imprisonment of a body, that is enslavement, especially whenever a lot of these prisoners are being forced to provide labor for free. There are a lot of people who are being exonerated because of DNA evidence in situations where there was no eyewitness, um, but there was DNA evidence, but this they're only being exonerated years and years and years later. In addition to that, you've got people who are just arrested on the street because they fit a description. And then we have these poor public defenders who they're having to attend to all of these cases uh, and they don't have time to properly go through the case file and properly defend their clients. So what ends up happening is they pressure their clients into plea deals. And you can ask public defenders. They already know, but they're, they're you know, that, that's all they can do because they can't really come out and be like, hey, 
you know, um, you don't have the evidence to prosecute my client because they only have like maybe five to 10 minutes with each client. And that's all they have for the whole case. They look at the file and then they, that's why they go forward with the plea deal because they really can't prepare a case. So you got all these people being locked up and some of them, fortunately, um, sometimes are exonerated because of they were on video uh, at the time of the crime in a different location um, or sometimes DNA evidence exonerating them. But the issue is that a lot of these people get locked up and spend time in prison before they're actually exonerated. And then when they are exonerated, they don't receive any type of help or assistance. So at the end of the day, once again, the only solution to this is to turn over control of the jails and the prisons back to the public entities. So that way there's no more profit in it. That way the focus is security. Because if we've got these police officers out here running around just grabbing up people um, just to maintain a quota, that's, that's manpower and money that is wasted. They could be doing other things to truly provide and, and reduce crime because there is crime. But if our police officers are constantly, you know, running around, chasing around these, these bench warrants and or grab somebody on the street that fits the description, you know, whatever else. Well, that's not using our, our police forces wisely. And we're, we're not remedying the actual situation with crime. So I went in real deep with the prison, but this is also an issue with the privatization of the healthcare system and the privatization of the education system. A lot of people are like, yay, yay, charters, until you have to deal with what you see, what's really going down with the charters. You know, um, charters in a lot of the cities are not doing a better job than the publicly controlled school system. Because bottom line, it's about profit. So if you're running a business and you're getting $8,000 per child, well, as a CEO, as a business entity, your goal is to maximize your profit. Your goal is not to provide the best quality education that you can. You're going to put pressure on your staff, in this case, teachers, to put pressure on the students to maintain these high test scores so that you can maintain the money that's coming in, $8,000 per child. But then you look at the facilities and you realize that they're not investing that $8,000 per child into the education. I don't know about y'all, but I personally feel like the bulk of that money should go to proper services and resources in the school, paying the teachers better than they're currently paid, paying the administrators within the facility better, paying the people who feed the kids and clean up behind the kids better. But, and I don't, these CEOs should not be collecting a check. You're not even doing anything, sir or ma'am. You're the CEO. Go sit down. You know, that's the reason why we have school boards. Because the school boards are supposed to make these decisions. And then these administrators and these principals and these teachers, the and, you know, the people who are cleaning up and maintaining the facilities, that's where your money needs to go. That's the people providing the services to these kids. Why are we cutting checks to CEOs? But Republicans have sold privatizing the education system as a way of saving money. It's not saving anybody money. We still putting in the same amount of dollars for each child. The only difference is that child is not reaping the benefits of that $8,000 per child. That CEO is reaping those benefits. So let's look at the privatization of the healthcare system. Now, this is something that we've actually had, I think, more longer standing than the other two because the healthcare system has been privatized for a long time. 
But in the state of Louisiana, we did have some public facilities that have now been closed by our former Governor Jindal. Now, I know, for example, for me, I was one of those people who benefited from having that that public access to health care. I received, um, you know, the surgical services I needed as a child and the, and, the, and the medical treatments that I needed as a child up until I had the surgery because of the charity hospital system. Now, that's been taken away. You know, I come from a working class family who did not have a lot of money at all. They did not have the funds available to provide for me. You know, I, I would have been very, very severely ill by this age, possibly disabled and not able to work right now and provide. And I wouldn't be participating by paying taxes if not for that charity hospital system that allowed me to enter into adulthood healthy. So when we look at the privatization of the healthcare system, you know, that's all well and good if, if you know, if, if you want to go ahead and pay for a little something extra. But why shouldn't our basic services be provided for by us sharing the cost of that system? Having a public healthcare system as well as a private healthcare system. But that that public healthcare system is available to everybody. And don't think that it's not manageable because it's actually manageable. And before you as a Republican criticize it and say, no, it's not possible, why not go ahead and ask the question? Like, that's one of the things that I don't understand about Republicans. Like, as soon as somebody says, let's have Medicare for all or let's have a better funded public health care system, the immediate response is, oh, no, that's going to cost me money. I don't know if y'all understand. Prior to the um, health insurance, the Affordable Care Act coming out in 2010, the it was already costing us money. In fact, the Affordable Care Act actually reduced how much we were paying in taxes for health care. Because prior to having um, it mandatory for everybody to have health insurance, the federal government had to subsidize a lot of the emergent care costs that were coming out as a result of people not having health insurance and waiting until it was too late to receive services, which were massively expensive, things that could have been caught early on. You know, it's the same thing as like, you have a vehicle, right? And they always tell you, maintain your maintain your basics, maintain the oil, change of the tire pressures, your brake fluids and all of this, you know. And if you don't, what's going to happen? You're going to have some more expensive costs and possibly endangering lives. It's the same thing with our bodies. Why would we treat our bodies any different? We all got a body. Whether you got a car or not, you got a body. You have to maintain it. If you don't, it's going to be more expensive to take care of later. And when people were uninsured, it was falling on tax burden, tax dollars. To be honest, President Obama actually saved us more money than Bush ever did. Y'all have to look at what the policy results are. I know y'all don't want to because it's gotten to the point to where it's like Democrat versus Republican. or we can't agree on anything. But here's the thing. Republican Party is no longer focused on what they decide they want to provide. They're only focused on saying no, 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 no to everything that a Democrat says, especially if that Democrat is black or brown, especially if that Democrat happens to be Muslim. It's like, oh, no, hell no, that person is horrible. But you're basing it on these superficial labels, these superficial physical things that you see instead of you looking at the policy and really analyzing it, because at the end of the day, Republicans what do you think the government should and should not provide? Should the government provide for your safety on a roadway? Should the government provide a public education? Like, what do y'all stand for? I, I know what y'all are against. I already know what y'all are against. Y'all are against immigration. Y'all are against spending tax dollars on anything 
anything at all, basically, uh, which I don't understand. But what do you want for our country? What should our country be investing in? Because if we're going to have a government, it has to be managed. It needs money and it needs to provide something. Otherwise, why do we have a government? Would y'all prefer for all of us to just be like running around here like in chaos, just managing our own thing and saying, you know, F everybody else? Because that seems to be what the Republican Party at this point is preaching. Because we're, we need to be progressive. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. We need to be progressive. We need progress. What do you want us to provide at the end of the day? I think a lot of us could agree that security, education, and health care are the very basic things that must be provided in order for us to have a sustainable uh, nation. And like I mentioned earlier, if I didn't have that free access to public health care when I was a child, I would not presently be someone who is paying tax dollars and, and, is, and is a positive part of my city and my state and my nation. You know, so there is a, a, a value in investing in the health of our nation, because the more of us that are healthy, the more of us that are here to support and build every person in this country. It doesn't matter if they're Democrat or Republican wants this country to be strong wants this country to be safe. So we need to stop this battling over the BS, you know? Um, and I, I keep harping on the Republicans because when I talk to a Democrat, a Democrat will tell me what they want to see built. I'm not hearing this from the Republican party. All I'm hearing from the Republican party is build a wall. Y'all do realize it's a waste of money, right? That's the only thing y'all want to build. Y'all want to build a wall. You know what? If y'all got your wall, I wouldn't even care because it's not going to help anything anyway, but it's a waste of money. But if y'all want that damn wall, build your damn wall. But, you know, if immigrants don't come here on foot, like, I don't think y'all understand that. Like, they don't they don't come here on foot. Okay? If y'all got a problem with immigration, that's not really anything. What are we building and providing for our citizens? Y'all so worried about that damn wall and y'all so worried about immigration. What do you think the government should be providing? What do you stand for? Because if all you're ever talking about is what you're against, then what's the point of anybody considering you as a viable candidate? So y'all give me some feedback, holla at me. I definitely want this podcast episode shared with as many Republicans as possible. Please do let them know and let them hear from me. Um, I want to hear from them because I want to know what you want to build. Because I'm trying to get people to just go ahead and talk about how we're going to build and everything else. Because uh, we got a future to prepare for. And we do not need businesses managing our public systems. You know, they, they need to stay in the business world. You want to you wanna sell us some food, some clothes, some cars? Cool. That's all good, baby. You know, that's where business needs to be. But I don't need a business entity determining and making a profit off of my child's health, off of me and my child's health, off of my child's education. I don't need them uh, making a profit off of imprisoning bodies and calling it security when they ain't changed bullshit with, with, with the criminal justice system. You ain't done nothing. Nothing positive, except imprison people who are innocent. We don't need them involved in our public matters. Y'all so busy worried about the government being involved in public matters, but y'all letting the companies be involved. And all they're doing is abusing us. Once again, this is Word of a Rebel. Be sure to hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at Word of a Rebel. Leave me some comments. How do you feel about this? Be sure to share this broadly and widely as possible. As always, I'm available on iTunes, the Anchor app, Google Podcasts, and many of the podcasting platforms, including Spotify. Look me up. Share this link. I want to hear from the Republicans. What the hell are y'all trying to build besides that damn wall? Peace.